0: The Providence Journal presents Pick and Pop, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch.
1: Welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast, our weekly look at the local and national college basketball scene. Uh, Hello, this is Kevin McNamara, sports columnist and um, college basketball maven here at The Journal with uh, my co-star, Bill Koch, uh, the man of all seasons this time of year. Bill, how are you? Kevin Mack, I'm wonderful. How are you? Now, I just want to say that this is a new stage, a new era of the Pick and Pop podcast. Uh, We have had some producer extraordinaires over the life of the podcast the last season four, maybe, for us. Something like that. Could be. Um, Might be season five, actually. But now we have so much skill, mainly Mr. Koch has so much skill. He is now the uh, producer. Uh, he, he does it all. Co-conspirator. Yeah, but but yeah. he knows how to work the buttons. Kevin Mack has no uh, interest or knowledge about how to work these buttons. So uh, all uh, compliments on the sounding of this podcast do go to Bill Koch so uh, forward your entries to him please Kevin is far too kind this is uh,
0: fairly simple to pick up Uh, have to credit Whitman Littlefield for everything that I've learned also Bill Corey and and Mike McDermott Uh, I assure you that just about as soon as we stop recording here I will have about six questions for Whitman and and he'll have to walk me through saving this uh, so if it does get deleted or if it has lousy sound quality, you can blame me still. Well,
1: and I will say this to you know, Bill Corey, our boss. Bill, I, I only do this once. Right. So, so if by chance there are any technical difficulties, we're going to have a problem. I understand. All right. But I obviously I am uh, of great trust in your abilities. You're a one-take so, guy. So, I understand. Uh, one-take. That's it. Just one and done. Yeah. Done. Uh, but on to the college basketball. First, I just want to say, I, sitting here in the uh, newsroom, I—, I this time of year, folks, I know everyone has jobs, but you also have this ESPN Plus and your phone and Fox, uh, Fox's app and whatnot. Right. This game's on all the time. It's great. So this 11.30 tip today, Villanova is down in Myrtle Beach. I turn it on, and what do I see? Portsmouth Cole Swider draining shot after shot. He had five threes in the first half, and Villanova's blowing out uh, Middle Tennessee State down yep. in Myrtle Beach, so... Uh, All day long, there's games on today, uh, and pretty much now through, wow, it's like 10 days, right? Yeah, this is because Thanksgiving
0: is so late this year. uh, ESPN sort of started what they used to call their feast week uh, a little early. A lot of games this weekend, a lot of neutral court stuff, a lot of these, what they call MTEs, these uh, exception tournaments, where you play a couple home games on campus and then you play a couple games. At a neutral site, and that's where we find the Rhode Island Rams this weekend.
1: Yes, yeah, the Rams are in Jamaicamon uh, beginning Friday night, where they will play uh, North Texas. To North Texas what? There's, there's a uh, college basketball wow, trivia good, question. Good for you. I'm going to go with Bulls. They are the Mean Green oh, of
0: North Texas. Mean Green, okay. How good is that? Uh, I'm not going to go there. You better be good when you call yourselves the Mean Green. You're from Texas. It should be a animal
1: or right. a cowboy type thing, the well, Mean Green. Would you rather be the Mean Green or the Horn Frogs? Wasn't there a movie that was a green machine? Who were the green machine? Wasn't that uh, Longest Yard, man, the, maybe?
0: The green machine is actually the nickname of the George Mason Band. They are the green machine. All right. I don't know if they co-opted that from somebody else, but they are the green machine. I
1: don't think North Texas was thinking George Mason Band when Probably. they went with the green machine. Probably but, not. Uh, the Rams will run up against the machine. On uh, Friday night, uh, our quick uh, scouting report on, on North Texas is uh, they're off to a slow start. Uh, got knocked around at VCU in Arkansas, and they also lost at home to Eastern Michigan. So uh, looking forward to the Rams to maybe go to 4-1, uh, setting up a really important game Sunday against LSU. Uh, also in Jamaica. And uh, the Rams are coming off a really impressive 70-65 win, comeback win over Nickel State, uh, put together two really good resume-building wins at home with uh, victories over Alabama and Nickel State. So building winning streaks this time of year is really important, especially when you're playing potential top 100 teams like an Alabama, uh, like a Nickel State, uh, although they need to start to win some games. Nickel State is uh, – you know, played a really difficult schedule and just hasn't won enough. Uh, but everyone who saw that game at uh, the Ryan Center knows that Nickel State uh, could win their league, which is really maybe more important. And picked 11th in
0: their league, which, you know, it, it just goes to show that the value of preseason predictions yeah. is who's, pretty much
1: nothing. Who's, who's doing the picking?
0: Yeah, No idea. Yeah. Uh, picked 11th in the Southland Conference, and based on what I saw the other night, I have a hard time believing that that team is going to finish 11th in, in any conference,
1: really. But the Rams, uh, Bill, just set up the, the the comeback situation. Then both Fats Russell and Cyril Langevin faced uh, you know some issues and uh, rallied at the end.
0: Yeah, Fats Russell uh, tweaked his right knee in the first half. He went to the locker room. He was in there for a little bit. Uh, he was begging head trainer Daniel Anthony to get out and come back to the bench. And eventually, he did. And Uri is better off for it. Uh, he led the way with twenty four points. Uh, Sparked them at a couple specific times in the first half and then in the second half. Cyril Langevin picked up his fourth foul with about 18 minutes to go in the game. Sat for the next few. Came back and and had some big buckets and some big plays down the stretch. Uh, His three-point play with a minute ten to go put URI ahead for good. And, yeah, I think I tweeted this at one point late in the second half, Kevin, this is the type of game that I don't think you or I wins last year. I, I think this shows a good amount of growth and a good amount of toughness from this team. Uh, you're down seven with eight minutes to play, and you close on a 20-8 to eight run. It was, um, it was a game that they had to win based on the metrics, but it was a game against, on the floor, a, a very difficult opponent, uh, an opponent that wasn't going to give
1: them the game. They had to take it, and they did. Yeah, down seven with eight and a half minutes to go. Uh, roadie rallies. Just a couple things that stand out to me just in the box score Um, and speak to where Rhode Island is this year versus last. Um, Still shaky from the three-point line. Three for 16 downtown. Uh, Only nine points off the bench, which is basically two freshmen, Jacob Toppin, uh, McKee Long, and Dana Tate combined for four baskets. Uh, So it puts an awful lot of pressure on The starting five, and the guy who's offensively stepped up two games in a row, is Fats. You know, he's one for five from the three, but he's so aggressive in ball screens and creating plays, he gets to the line nine times, he makes every foul shot. Uh, Rhode Island shoots 23 foul shots to seven for the opponent. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm sure Nickel State is walking out of there saying uh, the referees got us, but uh, that, that, that's that's aggressiveness and Fats Russell's uh, aggressive, you know, play in the offensive end is apparent this year. He, he's 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 just much more confident and aggressive.
0: Yeah, uh, seventeen and
1: two now all time.
0: URI is when Fats Russell attempts at least five free throws, and, and I think that's instructive because, like you said, it it says that he's attacking and that he's trying to come off ball screens and get all the way to the rim. And he understands that if he gets into the lane and breaks down the defense, he can kick the ball out to shooters or to kick someone uh, on the baseline, someone cutting on the baseline to the basket for an easy bucket. He also had six assists in that game and only two turnovers. Five steals. And five steals as well at the other end. All that in 35 minutes. Uh, you know. So he's the type of guy, we've said it before, he's that ultimate spark, that energy player that can lift your entire team.
1: And uh, yeah, that was exactly what he did the other night. I like that he takes 11 twos and five threes. Uh, again, this time last year, he was really struggling with his jump shot. Teams were somehow keeping him in front and making him take threes, or he was settling for threes. And I think we probably saw him settling last year right. way too much. Uh, this year, it's it's just, he's a different player. And when the game is fast... Fats is very good. Well, you saw that on Friday night against Alabama. You uh,
0: you were at that one. You pinch it for me. I was at a high school football game, and, yep. and I know I saw you afterwards, and you said that Fats and Jeff, uh, Jeff Doughton, playing them in ball screen
1: defense is a really bad idea. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously, Nickel State played all man as well, and Jeff Doughton just didn't shoot well. He was three for ten from the field, but you know, thirty six minutes, the, the veteran poise that he plays with just kind of oozes from. From him and is is such a stabilizing factor for for a roadie team. But uh, you know they get ten points from Jermaine Harris in the Nickel state game. Those those are bonuses. Uh, you know, it, it, good win. Simple as that. Seventy sixty five. Roadie improves to three and one, and now uh, they take their shots in Jamaica. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know,
0: you you got to win the game against North Texas. That that's one that's you know it's on the schedule. You have to play it. You need to win it. You have to take care of business so that you can go up against LSU. And, and that's one of those opportunity games that we talked about before the start of the year. Uh, LSU has a couple of real studs, whether it's Trenton Watford, the five-star recruit freshman, uh, or Skyler Mays, the senior guard, who's just a really, really good player. And um, smart is still there, right? Javante still yeah, Javante Smart still there as well. So yeah. this is, you know, in terms of physical talent, one of the better teams that URI is going to play all year. Uh, they lost at VCU all the way down to the end. Uh, In a true road game, will Wade's return to Richmond? Uh, Since then, they have beaten Nickel State and UMBC, uh, you know, Maryland, Baltimore County. They have a real tough test on Friday. They play Utah State to kick off their two games in Jamaica. So, you know, perhaps the Aggies could soften up the Tigers a little bit and uh, then turn them over to the Rams on Sunday.
1: Yeah, if I'm the Rams, I'm a huge LSU fan in that game because uh, you get the. Extra zip of a win over Utah State. If LSU can get it done, and then maybe they're uh, overlooking Rhode Island on Sunday afternoon. So uh, it's an opportunity for Rhodey and uh, first half to jump the uh, hurdle against North Texas. Uh, And hey, not bad. They've probably well into enjoying Jamaica. I understand they left Wednesday morning and Mm -hmm. for a few days to kick it a little bit, and uh, sure we'll get in a little practice, but it is Jamaica, Mon.
0: Oh, I mean, you would think that Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday night is uh,
1: the time where you would have had
0: a little freedom, and then today you're probably back in your you know day-before-game practice routine, and
1: you're getting ready for the real business at hand. So, uh, good luck to Rhode Island and Jamaica. Um, Providence uh, doesn't go away until next week, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the Friars are home on Saturday against uh, Penn. Uh, one of the favorites in the Ivy League. The Quakers are off to a 2-2 two and two start. Uh, only one home game so far. Uh, where they uh, knocked around LaSalle by 16. And they went on the road to open the season and surprised Alabama. Uh, then they have two you know, losses, road losses, that uh, I wouldn't say are bad losses. But you know, Rice is not a good ball team, and they lost to Rice. And then they lost to Lafayette the other night, which surprised me a little bit. Lafayette must have a, a good ball club because... Uh, I, I know Penn's team from the last couple of years, and th- they have some experienced, good players, led by AJ Broder, who will be atop the uh, scouting report for Ed Cooley's team. Uh, he leads Penn in points, rebounds, and assists, uh, which just speaks an awful lot to his versatility. If he's not uh, the number one player in the Ivy League, he's in the top five for sure, and has been for uh, for a couple of years now. So. Um, you know, the Friars are coming off a 93-56 win over Merrimack, uh, just to sum up that a little bit. Um, it was a good night for the Friars. Number one, they get tested, which doesn't look like it from that, uh, from that final score, but uh, Merrimack went up 12 in the first 10 minutes of the game as Providence, uh, you know, with you know, bigger, stronger guys. They couldn't guard them. Uh, Merrimack had a couple open threes, went back door a few times, and all of a sudden we had a ball game. And then for the first time all season, Providence played the team that they'd like to play with, the lineup they'd like to play with. They had Luan Pipkins at point and Nate Watson at center. And the combination of the two of them uh, was impressive. Uh, Pipkins went for 18 and 8 assists. And uh, Watson, coming off a knee injury, playing first time all season, goes 6 for 7 from the field, 14 points in 14 minutes. Uh, and on top of that, Alpha Diallo really didn't play. Uh, played ten minutes in the first half. Uh, he's had the flu the last couple of days. So oh. you know, five games in, Providence is four and one, and has and Ed Cooley really hasn't played his best
0: five yet. Now Providence has, has shown me uh, some explosiveness here uh, on offense. Uh, you look at that game, and it's it's twenty two to ten with seven forty three left in the first half. Providence scores 83 points the next 28 minutes. They turn it around by 49 over the next 28 minutes. And and I know it's just Merrimack, and I know that they're supposed to win the game and whatever else. But, I mean, you outscore a team by 50 in 28 minutes? That That's some serious work you're putting
1: in. Yeah, 68% shooting in the second half, uh, which is pretty impressive. And only... Uh, uh, six threes in the second half, but eight for the game. So uh, a couple things that I've seen from Providence the last two games that are encouraging, both St. Peter's, uh, who they beat by 20, and Merrimack is the uh, bombing away from downtown has uh, subsided Mm. uh, after seeing them shoot 30-plus threes in a couple games earlier in the year, including a a loss at Northwestern. Um, I think they went, well, they had 16 threes against Merrimack, and I get it right here against Ed, hmm. against uh, St. Peter's. They only shot fourteen. So, right. Uh, I think Ed Cooley has said the number he's looking for is twenty to twenty-four. I think that's too high, uh, I- I- unless they can get AJ Reeves up and running again. Um, uh, he only attempted one in the Merrimack game. So, um, again. I People say, how are the Friars? I say, well, they get a lot of guys, but I just haven't seen their full team. Right. And Providence, uh, again, has pen on Saturday, and then they get on a plane and go out and play three games in four days in Anaheim at the Wooden Legacy. Uh, I think this time—well, not this time, next week, but a week from Monday, uh, we could have a pretty substantial— Read on what the Friars really are looking like.
0: What I really liked uh, from Providence in this game, just looking at the box score, is the assists by the guards. Uh, LaJuan Pipkins finishes with eight, David Duke with five, uh, Malik White with four off the bench, and only two turnovers among that group. And you know, if those guys are going to play that well, they're going to distribute the ball that well. That's fun to play with. If you're the other guys, you're going to work harder on offense. You're going to work harder on defense. You're getting the ball in positions where you can score it. You can have a little fun on that end of the floor. Uh, you know The game is a lot easier when you have ball handlers who can share it like that. And if you think back to some of Providence's better teams in the Ed Cooley era, you had guys like Vincent Council, like David Duke, like Bryce Cotton, Kyron Cartwright, who if you're a forward you know, or a wing shooter, you don't have to do too much work. You know that that guy with the ball in his hands is going to break down the defense a little bit, and then he's going to find you in the spots that you like it. Um, and I think your, your other point about three-point shooting is well taken. I, I understand that you know the game now is, is pace and space, and you know it's four guys out and one guy down below. But when Providence shoots 37 free throws in the game compared to just 17 threes, I think that's a really good indicator of the fact that they were determined to
1: get to the basket, and they did so. Um, And if you think back to last year's Providence team, they lacked playmakers. Their only real playmaker was Alpha Diallo. And, you know, people criticized him last year for his turnover numbers. Well, he was trying to make a lot of plays. Right. You know, they were playing uh, with a shortage of point guards. Where this year, with Diallo, a a more experienced, better David Duke. I mean, I can't speak, uh, can't say enough about his improvement so far. He actually leads the team in scoring right now. Um, five assists, no turnovers in the last game, for example. And Pipkins—they uh, have three playmakers, right? And the game is so much easier to play when you can move the ball and guys can create from multiple positions. And uh, you know, Rhode Island, for example, has that in Russell and Doughton for sure. Uh, where Providence has, uh, you know, uh, again three to four playmakers versus one and a half last year. It, it just makes a huge difference. Twenty-two turnover, twenty-two assists. On 30 baskets in the Merrimack game, Uh, again, says an awful lot, and the free throw total. But, uh, you know, in all honesty, Providence has really only played one high-end team uh, at Northwestern, and they didn't look good at all. Uh, Those days are over. I I regard Penn as a high-end team, although they don't have high-end across-the-bench athletes. Um, but Penn, coached by Steve Donahue, knows how to play. Yep. Uh, they'll take good shots. If they're shooting the three well, Providence is going to be in a game. There's no two ways about that. And then they go out to California. Long Beach State is in a rebuilding situation. Um, couldn't tell you what they have. We'll, we'll, we'll report the next podcast. Um, but... Uh, Probably no, you know, and maybe, maybe, I, you know, maybe Stony Brook when they come in here on the 14th. But uh, my point is Providence's BOP games are over. Uh, right. And we'll, again, we'll get a much better read after the uh, Wooden Legacy. And uh, if things unfold right. Uh, they would be in the final against Arizona. And I think that's what Ed Cooley and his team are – that's the chance they're traveling out there to get.
0: Yeah, I mean, the last time they played at Wooden, they ended up playing in the final against Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And and that was definitely a game that they were looking forward to, a a game that they wanted to play, and and one that is going to help on their schedule. And, you know, obviously the the deeper you get into these tournaments – these eight-team fields, uh, you know, like Maui, like the Battle for Atlantis, like the Wooden Legacy, those are probably the three best events that, that you could get into. Um, that first game, they, they might favorably bracket you, uh, but the next two, you're going to have real tests if you're winning, and, uh, you know, that's exactly what Providence needs. You, you look at the four games they've won at home, they've done so relatively easily, the one time they went on the road and, and actually had to test themselves a little bit, they didn't look good at all. And and I think, you know, this is a growth opportunity for them. You know, going out there, not necessarily playing Long Beach, but just traveling, playing in an unfamiliar gym, you know, going a little deeper against unfamiliar teams. I, I think that's really, really important and pays major dividends
1: in March. Um, Big East is busy this weekend with these tournaments. We mentioned Villanova's in Myrtle Beach. Xavier is in Charleston. Uh, so two teams in South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, Texas. Uh, I'm sorry, Georgetown plays Texas uh, tonight at the Garden in the Empire Classic, and then the Hall of Fame Classic, which might be our favorite one. Bill down there at uh, Mohegan oh, that's Sun, a good one. Saint John's is playing Bobby Hurley in Arizona State. Nice. on Saturday. Very so good. Um, a lot of and UMass is in that uh, tournament as well. So. Uh, the aforementioned TJ Weeks uh, will get a chance to play. Uh, I think they play Virginia in the first round. They do play Virginia. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they look better. Uh, Massachusetts, They can spread the floor. They can shoot at TJ Weeks, uh, the Warwick native, has been a, a really good player so far. He was the A-10 Rookie of the Week uh, at one point. You've also got Preston Santos there, uh, the former Hendrickson standout. Um, you know, you got some Rhode Islanders here, Kevin. Spread around Division One that are
1: worth watching. Yeah, no, uh, uh, David Duke at Providence. We mentioned Swider. We mentioned Weeks and Santos, the two Hendrickson uh, grads. Um, at UMass, uh, Chris Heron is up at Boston College. Thomas Murphy is uh, starting at Northeastern, uh, uh, and then Keegan Records is a freshman at uh, Colgate. Yeah, Colgate. Colgate. It has a good team. Yeah. Um, uh, has a chance to win their league. So, um, and there's you know, there's probably a few others that we just not clicking in our minds here on a on a, on a beautiful uh, Thursday afternoon. But uh, good luck to everybody uh, early in the year. Um, Going to hit uh, Bryant a little bit. Bryant, uh, just off a four-game winning streak, they lost at Drexel uh, on Wednesday night, I believe. Um, Charles Pride, the uh, freshman from Syracuse, had 25. Michael Green, another freshman, had 11. Adam Grant, the uh, senior star scorer, had 24. Uh, those three have emerged as, as uh, kind of the focus of the offense with uh, the freshman, the uh, sophomore uh, leaper inside who's uh, rebounded well. Um, uh, Patrick Harding. Patrick Harding. Uh, has, yep. has been their main inside guy. If they can get Bash Towns, the senior big guy, up and rolling off injury and playing at a high level, then that's a pretty good five. Came off the bench against Drexel,
0: 17 minutes, only had four points. Yep. Uh, you know. So we know that Bash is, is a much better player than that. Uh, the story of this game for me was Bryant's 1 for 11 from 3, Drexel is 12 for 25. And... Yeah, that's you could say that that's the advantage of, of playing in your home gym. You oh, could say man. that it's uh, you know the comforts of home. You also ran into a point guard and Cameron Winter had 14 assists in the game. Uh, you wow. know, So if you're a shooter for Drexel, got to love playing with a guy like that. Play with that guy, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, and you know Michael Green's a freshman, uh, only you know f- uh, f- you know five six games into his uh, into his career, and sounds like the uh, senior. Well, the upperclassmen uh, got it done.
0: Bryant uh, also did not have Ikenna Nduba in that game. He did not play. Uh, not certain why that happened, but that's obviously a, a big miss, yep. uh, considering that you're going on the road. And, you know, Ikena has done that before. Michael Green, maybe not necessarily as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's... A spot where I kind of could have helped you out. Uh, Green had no assists and three turnovers. He was five for 16 from the field. Um, so that's maybe those sort of growing pains, those freshman moments that
1: you look at that he's going to learn from going into conference play a little later in the year. Uh, Bryant is off this weekend and then we'll be at New Hampshire on Tuesday. Um, so Bryant's uh, and then we'll, uh, back home, I, th- I think, the following weekend. So uh,
0: Yes. So Brian, uh, actually, December 2nd, which is the following Monday, they will host Navy.
1: Got it. Got it. So, Brian, back around here. Um, see if they can get uh, a few more non-conference wins before uh, we get to uh, January. Uh, Brown uh, is coming off a disappointing loss at Sacred Heart, where, in all honesty, they didn't play well offensively or defensively. Uh, mm. Sa- Sacred Heart, we've seen already this season and uh, playing at home in Connecticut they shot the ball really well and uh, Brown's defense uh, just kind of let them down I know Mike Martin was disappointed uh, his comments afterwards he basically said we didn't play well and we'll play better And uh, uh, but Bill you have some stats there from the, from Brown's loss to Sacred Heart
0: uh, yeah the one that jumps out Zach Hunsaker 2 for 12 from 3 I, I can't necessarily remember him having that many attempts uh, or yeah. missing that much he's uh, he's generally pretty reliable guy from beyond the arc uh, brown five for 25 from three as a team with 18 turnovers in the game uh you know not good you're, you're not necessarily going to win that way you uh you attempted 13 free throws they took 29 um you know so that maybe just speaks to the fact that you know brown would have to be a little more aggressive in a road game uh, you know maybe show a little more toughness trying to get to the rim uh, not necessarily settle right um you know and that's and that's something that they're capable of doing we've seen them do that in games whether it's Brandon Anderson or Ang Cho is able to score uh inside he only had 12 points the other night which is kind of tame by his standards Mm -hmm. uh he's played like an all ivy type guy in in previous games so he's
1: yet to explode though offensively right he hasn't had you know the 20 plus outings that he's capable of and you know, Brandon Anderson has been great, really, all season long. This this
0: was sort of his first, like, anonymous-type game. He's 5 for 12 from the field, right. 5 assists, you know, 12 points. Sort of a routine game. They probably
1: need 20, 25 points out of a guy like that to win on the road. Right. Or someone else to step up. And obviously, like you said, Hunt Singer didn't, didn't uh, shoot the ball well. So Brown is back uh, in action at home Saturday against NJIT. So we'll see if the Bears can rebound and. And get back at it, um, uh, Bill. Anything else nationally? It's it's funny. I, I watched a, a ton of games right out of the chute in, in the first week or so, and then uh, our schedules locally have picked up a little bit. But I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing some of these uh, intersectional games. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Georgetown and Texas tonight. Georgetown has not looked good. Uh, the winner plays Duke. So, uh, oh, hello. Uh, you know, if if Patrick Ewing can get by Texas, he has Coach K. So, uh, I think we're going to learn an awful lot about the Hoyas in the next couple nights. Um, and then and Atlantic Ten, anything? Uh, you know, I, I, well, we watched the VCU LSU game together, and boy, yes, uh, VCU deserves to be ranked. Yeah, they good. No, no two ways about that. That they're. Uh, aggressiveness and maturity just jumps out of the screen. No one wants to deal with uh, with the VCU Rams. Now they're very good. They come at you in waves. Really good talent.
0: Uh, you get a good game Monday. Dayton's playing Georgia. Um, you know Georgia, obviously very talented team. Anthony Edwards is going to be one of the top picks in the draft if mm. he decides to come out. Um you've got George Mason who's off to a 5 and 0 start. They will play at Maryland on Friday. Uh that'll be a really good test for them. Obviously we mentioned UMass playing Virginia mm. on Saturday. Um that'll be a really tough game for them. UMass also 5 and 0 uh early in the season. The the A10 has they perform pretty well. Uh if you look at the fact that VCU, Rhode Island, and Richmond have all beaten SEC teams already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richmond beating Vanderbilt in overtime last week. They're off to a 3-0 and start. So you're looking at the A-10 and, and you look at the performance that they've had out of conference. It's already better than what it was last year, and quite frankly, I think we expected it to be better going yeah. into the year.
1: You know, it's funny because right out of the shoot, we saw the Bonnies lose a few times and, uh, and have an injury um, uh, to their big guy, and obviously it's difficult uh, early in the year. Right. But, but really, the way I look at the A-10 is, yeah, they have a lot of teams, so okay. some of them are going to get off to bad stops. You've got to look at the top-end teams, and if the A-10 can come into conference play with, you know, six – Plus, teams in the top 100, they should do backflips because that has not been the case the last couple years. And they're in position. You know, there's a lot of games to be played between here and January 1. But, uh, you know, these teams are scheduling aggressively. And if they can, again, be in the top 100 in the net rankings uh, by the time conference play, starts that's really how you judge how you did in the non conference because you, right. you need top 100 chances that's right
0: and right now if you look at Ken Palm they have exactly six teams in the top 100 so a good start for the league uh, Rhode Island has been a part of that and you know it's nice to see great
1: uh, that's it everybody uh, we will not
0: be here oh, oh we have one more we have one more bit of breaking news one more thing before yes. we wrap up the podcast uh, condolences to the family of Greg Gantt the Providence freshman, uh, his mother passed away um, prior to was it their last game against Merrimack, or was yeah, it before that? Uh, she passed last Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't had a podcast since then, but uh, you know, obviously, a terrible thing for him. Uh, something that Providence will be dealing with as a program. Uh, you know, Ed Cooley has said that. You know, it's it's a family that he tries to build there. Just about any coach would say that. Um, you know, but certainly he's going to be leaning on that coaching staff, his teammates there, to to try and make it through a tough time. So, condolences to Greg Gant and his family, and uh, you know the Fryer basketball program there.
1: I'm with you. I can't imagine losing my mother at 19 years old. Oh, Re- terrible, really difficult. And you're away from college, so uh, she had been ill for uh, a while beforehand. So it's been a it's been a rocky first semester for Greg Gantt, So all, all the best, and I hope uh, his family you know makes it through the holidays. In good stead. Mm. Uh, But that's it. We will not be here next week uh, on the short week with uh, Turkey Day. So we'll be back in the first week of December, Bill. How about that? Wow. wow. Happened fast, didn't it? Really does. Keep that snow away and everyone will be
0: happy. Safe travels to uh, Kevin McMahon, who's headed out to the Wooden Legacy with the Friars.
1: O- uh, all I can promise is I'm going to find <coughs> some turkey. That's good. I won't be with my family, but I will find some turkey That's on good. Turkey Day. No family going with? No. Paula Mac not no. uh, stowing away? No. She's uh, She'll head to Florida instead. Very nice. So good for her. Very good nice. for uh, everybody else. I hope everyone uh, has a great holiday. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.